And there we are. I think that is us live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, welcome to another episode of the MMA UK's Late Show. My name's Lewis Smith, and tonight we're going to be talking to you a little bit about some fights that went on this last couple of nights. Uh, Cage Warriors, the Strike Back trilogy, really, really great couple of cards. Uh, three nights of fights in three nights, and to be honest, they were all cracking. So I'm going to go through those with you this evening. Please leave any comments, any questions, and we'll, we'll try and get back to you on those. But yeah, tonight I'm joined by some of my some of my guests. First one is a a guy I've not seen for a long time, Kieran Cobley, a guy we we usually end up doing three or four, sometimes even more shows every year on the on the UK circuit. But this year, obviously due to COVID, we've not been doing as many. Kieran, how you been keeping, buddy? Yeah, I've been going doing good, man. Uh, obviously missing seeing you you guys like uh, yourself, uh, Katie, some of the guys we see in the press room. Obviously this year it's been a bit a bit crappy for getting to see people and uh but hopefully next year uh with cage now announcing that fans might are going to be in arenas for their next three shows hopefully that means we, we can uh there'll be some more press on the bench and we can you know have a bit of catch up later but yeah doing good man can't complain yeah fingers crossed for that fingers crossed i think we're all itching to get back to it now and uh yeah ne- last but definitely not least is my second guest my second uh my second analyst for the evening, MMA UK's own jiu-jitsu specialist, Stuart Henderson, a.k.a. Stoomboy. Yeah. Stuart, how's it going this evening, buddy? I'm all good, bro. I'm all good. You you ready to get into these fights? Yes, yes. As I said, uh, uh, MMA was never my thing um, until, obviously, I'd, I'd watched it as a fan. So, obviously, uh, the since I came on board with MMA UK News, so, uh, <laughs> obviously, got a little bit more into MMA. So, um, so I kind of... Try and make out as if I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think that's what we all do, Stu. So you're, you're, you're in good company, mate. You're in good company. But, um, yeah, obviously, we'll start off with this this first card then. We've got a few to get through. Um, obviously, Thursday night's card, we had Cage Warriors 117. All these took place at York Hall as well. And fair play to Cage Warriors. They did a, a really good job putting these on and getting them out in such a difficult time. And, you know, putting on really good close matchups as well. Ian Dean has long been a great matchmaker in the UK and, and across Europe. So... To see him doing his thing despite COVID is always great, and he, he delivered again. I gotta say they all did, and obviously the, this first card on Thursday evening it started off with, uh, well it didn't start off, it ended with a, a a Cage Warriors title fight, the flyweight belt. It was kind of dubbed as one of the biggest flyweight matches of all time, you know, one of the best sort of closely competed matches, and that was between Jake Hadley and Luke Shanks. Luke Shanks, obviously the defending champion. Um, Hadley obviously took a unanimous decision there. A pretty dominant win as well. Uh, Kieran, I'll come to you first. Uh, Jake Hadley, talk us through what happened in that fight, mate. I mean, I, th- I think the only way to say it is he just took down Luke Shanks for five rounds and kept him on the ground and just made Luke Shanks' life impossible for those you know, for those twenty-five minutes. I mean, uh, Shanks looked at it, and then like the fifth round, he came out through a bit of a hail mary flying knee, closed the distance way too fast, and then Hadley went straight in for a takedown and just sort of dominated him from there. It was just Shanks never really showed what he could do. We didn't see the same Shanks that we saw when he took uh, took the title of Fiedine. Uh I mean, but Jake Hadley, man, he looked so impressive in that fight with his wrestling. We we knew he'd got great great wrestling. He's yeah. you know he's a only like 21, 22 years old, and he's already a wrestling coach at a gym in Birmingham. So we know he's a great wrestler, and he, he proved that. Uh, it has to be said that that belt is a bit of a poison chalice. No Cadres flyweight champion has ever defended the title successfully. Uh, Shanks failed to defend uh, just, just the last three. So Shanks failed to defend, Fiedine failed to defend, and Nathan Grayson was stripped for not making weight. So, I mean, I, I guess he's hoping for a call, but soon as he doesn't have to defend it. Mm, yeah. And um, 
Stu, what, what do you make the match? What one thing I want to ask you, Stu, in terms of the grappling department, were you surprised by the way uh, Hadley was able to sort of handle Luke, Luke Shanks there? I mean, Luke obviously he handled Fadine last time round. Were, were you surprised by that? The sort of the, the gap in skill there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we know where Luke Shanks comes from, where he trains higher level. Um, obviously, the the level of jujitsu coming out of that gym, uh, the level of grappling, um, should I say, is absolutely top top class. Um, obviously, in Scotland, everybody knows who higher level is and what they can do grappling wise. So, I was surprised. Um, I was surprised, but I mean, your man hardly mate. He he controlled everything as soon as it went to the ground there was absolutely nothing Luke Shanks could have done um do you know I mean the guy the guy was all over him when he tried to move he was there um he did absolutely everything perfect um and yeah I mean got the win got the win a dominant win as well not just uh not just scraped the win but absolutely dominant when you look at some of the scorecards yeah I think for me when I was watching it, it actually went the opposite way I expected the fight to go I was expecting uh, Hadley to be kind of more active on the feet with Luke pressing for the takedown, but it ended up Luke kind of landing a couple of shots and then Hadley just just grabbing him down and and doing his thing for for pretty much five rounds as Kieran said. Uh, Kieran, what what I would like to ask you as well is what you thought of sort of Luke's tactics in this one because I know a lot of people in the comments on the on the chat were saying that you know he should have maybe tried to keep away, keep his distance, and land those strikes as opposed to sort of charging right in. Is that something you felt watching it? I mean, the the first round, he, he caught Hadley with a good shot and he, he, he definitely had him rocked. But then he charged in, he didn't take his time with it, you know, he didn't pace himself, he just went straight in, rushed in. And that's where uh, Hadley secured the first takedown. And then he kept making the same mistake in, in rounds two, three and four. And then in the fifth round, uh, I know Brad Warner coming from in a great call that, you know, maybe he needs to keep his distance, strike at range for a little bit. But instead, he came out and threw a flying knee, which was a, you know, a technique that closes distance uh, really, really fast. And as soon as his feet touched the ground from throwing that throwing that technique, Hadley took him straight back down again. It just it, it needed to be think think more before throwing strikes. And I don't know if it was uh, if the advice from his corner was to always close the distance fast, or if it wasn't, or if he changed the game plan on the fly himself. I know he came out on uh, social media today and sort of issued a statement saying that you know he didn't stick to the game plan. He should have kept it safe. Uh, but yeah, it was just it, it wasn't clinical thinking. It was very much I'm going to rush in and try and hit the guy, and then hope for the best. And it, it didn't work. Yeah. What, Steve? What do you think's next for both these guys now? Obviously, Jake. First of all, you've got a champion there who you know looked absolutely amazing, not only in this fight but in his previous fight against Shad Shack as well. He's a champion in another organization down in South Africa. There, what's next for this guy now? Would you like to see him defend, or do you think there's just no one there for him and, and send him straight off to the UFC? Yeah, I mean, I think he'll end up in the UFC. Um, I think whoever won that or on Thursday um, was more than likely going to end up in the UFC. Um, we were all talking about it. I know that obviously Peter and stuff like that we were talking about it in the uh, the WhatsApp chat that we've got, and that that's kind of everybody's opinion on it that he's going to that's going to happen uh Luke Shanks where does he go from there so um again when you when you lose it's just about picking yourself back up and moving on um and then yeah I mean great things are going to happen for Luke Shanks um they are going to happen but yeah I mean he just needs to to pick himself up and keep going yeah and he, I mean one one good thing I suppose Kieran he, he never gave up did he he really did kind of keep trying until the end there's no quitting the guy even 
you know, I think I think it was first or second round. He was really close to getting really choked, and you know, he fought until a bitter end, never gave up. So it's, there's definitely a lot of kind of room for improvements and a lot of prospects for Luke Shanks moving forward. I would think, as as Steve said. I mean, definitely, you can't question the guy's heart. He's he's training at a great gym as well at a high level. Uh, you know, he's de- he's obviously destined for for good things in his career. I mean, seven seven and two, uh, so nine fights since his pro career. He's going to make mistakes like he did last night, but we're going to see him evolve uh, as a fighter. I mean, I can't wait to see you know the reaction fans are going to give him as well when he gets back in the arena. It's, it's, you know, and he can put on a show for fans as well because I think some fighters are definitely going to flourish when fans are back in the arena. Uh, and maybe aren't uh, you know don't like having the small arena where there's, there's no fans in, uh, but yeah, he, you know seven and two, he's only twenty something years old. There's definitely more to come from the guy in his in his heart. It's definitely fantastic. He kept fighting like an absolute warrior last night. Um, so so all credit to him. It's just a shame that you know things didn't pan out the way he wanted to. Yeah, always always the next time. We look we look forward to seeing both these guys back in because they both put on a, a really good show and you know two great fighters. So we look forward to seeing them both again and. That takes on to the next fight of the night, or the previous fight of the night, I should say. Uh, this was a, a, a bit of a cage warriors vet at this point. Sam Creasy taking on Adam Amaris Singer. Um, obviously, Sam winning that one by a TKO punches in the third round. A, a, a pretty good performance from Sam. Um, you know, a guy who's been there, done it all. Kieran, what, what did you make of this one, buddy? What, what were your thoughts on on Sam Creasy's two two in a row now, two wins in a row? It's difficult to say because we obviously know him and. Uh... Jake Hadley, a, a training partner. So even with a win, is is I don't really want to say it's going to fight a next, especially because we don't know if Hadley will get a call up or not. Because we know the UFC is making uh, cuts to their fighters, yeah. fighting roster. Um, but you know, it, it, he's very close to becoming the guy in cage, whereas it's known as it's going to be the it's a bride, maybe never the bride. I think it's the expression. I mean, yeah. he's had two title shots before and got knocked out both times by uh, Anthony Grayson and Samir Fideen. But you know, last night, it looks very cool, calm, relaxed. I mean, Adam Amasinga gave him a real test, and that fight was fantastic. We know they've got a lot of respect for each other. Uh, and it showed it was a great, great performance. Uh, the knockout, I don't know whether... I, I think I think it might have been a tad earlier. Um, Amasinga seems to be still a fight for me. But, uh, you know, no fault of Sam Creese. I mean, he came out with a win. Um, should his title, you know, next, next fight be for a title? I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, Steve, did you think it was an early stoppage? I I was kind of with Kieran. I thought it could have could have gone on a little bit longer. What what was your thoughts on the stoppage there? Yeah, I mean it, it probably could have went on a bit longer. There was a referee kind of jumped in um, and and stopped it a bit. I would say a bit early. Um, I'd say yeah, don't don't get me wrong. The uh, Adam was taking a lot of damage, um, so he was taking a bit of damage. But I mean we've seen you've seen stoppages before where. They've let it go on a little bit longer, maybe a few extra punches just to see what happens. So, yeah, I mean, the referee probably jumped in a little bit early for me. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, yeah, it's a really interesting division now, a lot a lot to kind of play out there. And I think, you know, when we get into 2021 and we see the other land lies, what guys have gone, what guys stay, we'll, we'll definitely be a bit more close to that. And, you know, a really, really good division. So we look forward to seeing all these guys back in there. Um, yeah. On to the next one then, we had uh, Michelle Martignoni versus Wesley Meyer. And this this fight was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed this fight. Um, Wesley Meyer, obviously, he's, he's just been brilliant, obviously, since he took that loss to Jack Shaw a couple of years ago. Um, and and Martignoni, obviously, wasn't, wasn't turning it to lose either because 
he came in and, and got a unanimous decision there. So, Kieran, I'll come to you for this one first. What do you think of the fight, buddy? Because I was really excited by this one and, uh, yeah, really impressed by both guys as well. Yeah, man, it was such a, a back and forth fight. Both guys going absolutely hell for leather. Both guys knowing that, you know, a win uh, in, in a bantamweight, I mean, it gets you very, very close to a, a title shot because we it, it seems, you know, writing's on the wall that Jack Cartwright's probably going to go into the UFC next for his next fight, uh, depending on how things pan out with uh, things that are out of his control. But, you know, both fighters going absolutely for it. I mean, Wesley Meyer showed in his previous fight against Adam Wilson what damage he can do with his leg kicks. I mean, they sent that Martin Yoni this time, he was the guy that was doing the damage with leg kicks, but it was just so back and forth. I mean, it was a fight you just wanted to just just absolutely gorge and like just watch it time, time and time again. I mean, I've not had a chance to re- go and rewatch it yet, but, you know, there's a good chance to probably go and watch it after that, after we recorded this, but yeah. it was such a good fight. Both guys got, uh, you know, they could, they're going to both do fantastically well on that Bantamweight division. Uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a chance that they could meet in the future as well if uh, things pan out and they could meet for a Bantamweight title in the future, I think. Yeah. And Martin Yoni, he looked really badly hurt in the first round as well, didn't he? He got, got, got dropped a little bit and... You know, he pulled it back round. You know, you've got to give credit to that heart, that determination, and, and took the last, the second two rounds. I mean, Stu, what, what was your thoughts on his performance and the way he's kind of brought it back? Yeah, I mean, anybody gets hurt. Um, I'd say MMA uh, is one of these things. They always laugh about jiu-jitsu guys. Jiu-jitsu guys make horrible MMA fighters because they don't like getting punched in the face. So, uh, yeah, I can imagine anybody that's getting punched uh, is horrible. So, yeah, I mean, to come back from... Um, yeah, to be hurt, to then come back and obviously take the next two rounds. I mean, I loved uh, uh, Maya when he was coming out screaming. Obviously, we heard him screaming <laughs> as the, the the interviews were going on before the fight even started. And Maya's in the back screaming and making loads of noise and stuff like that. So, and then obviously at the uh, at the end of the fight, uh, the other guy was screaming. So it was it was a great fight, definitely a great fight, a great three rounds it went. Yeah, he was very he's. He's he's got a lot of hype behind him, and he he really does hype up. I think I think like Kieran said in, about earlier fights, you know, he's one of those guys that really thrives off a crowd. Um, yes. I know he didn't have it last time, but I think he he just seems like that kind of guy that when he comes out the way he does, he's he's gonna get the crowd reacting and sort of making noise. And I think perhaps he does miss a little bit of that. I won't I won't say it would have won him this fight on this occasion, but I think overall in terms of his performance, is definitely a factor there. And uh, yeah, two very exciting guys that we'll we'll definitely look forward to seeing again. And honestly, like. I, I just can't wait to get back to these Stage Warriors shows now. I don't know how that's going to look in 2021, but I'm really hoping we do get some shows where, you know, press and a, a small amount of fans can get back into it. I know they had a small amount of fans at the AJ fight last night, I think, in boxing, didn't they? So it, Yeah, there's a few. May, maybe not too far away before we get a, a few fans, at least, and, and hopefully for us guys, some media as well, into these shows. But, you know, that, that takes us on to the next fight then, which was uh, Medi Ben Lakhtar, Versus Steve McIntosh, sorry, Steve McIntosh. Um, obviously, Medi winning by TKO punches. Uh, in the first round, four minutes thirty-eight seconds in. Kieran, what what did you think on this one, buddy? I mean, Medi Ban like that just looked like an absolute killer, didn't he? I mean, he yeah. went out of there and just, I think the words dominated. I think that's the word I'd use. Uh, all credit to Steve McIntosh, heart of the champion. He came out and he, he and he tried. He tried his best, and unfortunately, Medi Ban like that just sort of showcased what he could do. And ultimately, you know, he, he won with a left hook uh, that just absolutely floored Stevie. I mean, Medi's one, one of these guys that could, you know, very well do uh, good thing, really good things. That lightweight division, um, very wide open. 
Uh, obviously, they were the title on the last night of the trilogy we'll speak about in a little bit, but yeah, I mean, Mehdi Ben he just looked an absolute phenomenal strike, striker in that, in that fight. Yeah, another guy. Is he ever in a boring fight? I don't I don't know if I've ever seen Mehdi Ben Lakhdar in a boring fight. I'll, I'll be honest, not like, just look at the card from these, I think Cadres did 20, 20, in a region of 20, 25 fights in three nights, and none of them were boring. Like, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say any of them were boring. It was fantastic. Uh, so again, all credit to Ian Dean and the, and the team at Cadres, but yeah, Mehdi Ben Lakhdar, he doesn't, he doesn't do boring fights. He comes up, he comes out and gives it all or nothing. Yeah, what, what what's next for him, do you think? Uh, he, where do you see him going now? Like, Obviously, you said he's been about. He's he's fought with probably the best in that division, realistically. Where is he in terms of title contention? Do you think? Uh, I mean, you're probably thinking one or two more fights uh, at the minute, um, because obviously Jack Grant's still in that division. You've you've got a few other guys as well. Uh, I'd I'd say one or two, one or two more fights. If he wins his next one by uh, you know within the distance, and maybe just the one, but you know, he's definitely going to be a a future cage race title contender. Yeah, definitely. Um, Stu, I've, I've been saving you for this one, Stu, because I wanted to bring you in on the next fight. Your, your own countryman, Aidan Stephen, uh, he defeated Emre Somrez by unanimous decision. First, fi- first fight out on the main card on Cage Warriors 117. Obviously, Aidan, he suffered a defeat last night to a very, very talented Paul Hughes in the, on the previous trilogy. Um, I think he, he needed a win for this one. I know, it's, you know one, one loss is not a huge kind of dent, but knowing the kind of guy Aidan is, yeah. He really wanted to win there. And he fought a tough guy as well. What what did you make of his performance in this one? I think Aiden done absolutely spot on. I mean, obviously he'll be he'll be gutted that he didn't get submission. Um, but I mean, yeah, as soon as he got on the the, the guy's back, I mean that was I mean he was he held had control, he did everything right. As I said, he just the submission wasn't there. So for him to even get three rounds under his belt, a uh, full three rounds and come out with a decision was absolutely brilliant. So so happy for Aiden. Um because I said he definitely deserves it. I mean, he's put a lot into it. Again, this is one person we talked about uh, potentially going full-time, because uh, obviously he's, he's still working, he's still doing things. So so obviously talking about him going full-time um, as a fighter. I know Peter Peter was talking about it, saying he would definitely like to see him go full-time. Um, so we'll definitely see what happens. I mean, Aiden comes out a great camp, um, obviously where he's fighting from. He was actually... Um, I don't know if you've seen, but the bit of controversy was his corner man. I don't know if you've seen the video, but his corner man put out to fist bump him and he completely ignored him. Uh, <laughs> so Kevin McAloon, Kevin sent me the video and said, Stuart, look what happened. Um, so it was uh, very, very funny. I know Kevin got a lot of stick from his team <laughs> for that. So, But yeah, no, listen, Aiden did brilliant. As I said, looking forward to seeing what Aiden's going to do next. Yeah, and obviously his, his opponent Emra is a really, really talented kid as well. So yeah. to get a win there was was really impressive. And I think I think the story of it really was Aiden's Aiden's composure there, Kieran. I don't know how you feel about that, but you know every time kind of Emra would push, he'd get a takedown. Aiden would kind of reverse the position, end up on the back. It was just that little kind of bit of experience I felt that was the difference on the night. Not much in it, but you know Aiden just just kind of seemed to have the edge there. Do you think? Yeah, definitely. It's just that ability to realise I'm in a bad position. This is how I'm going to get out of this position, and then ultimately do it. I mean, that just take that little split second to think about things, and it really paid off. I mean, any time that Emre looked to be, you know, mounting any pressure or getting into a position where potentially get into a fight, a fight winning sequence, Aiden just sort of, sort of slipped out of it, and I mean, came out with a decision win. I mean, it's just a fantastic fight again from him. Fantastic performance. I mean, 
but yeah, definitely taking that little split second just to think about I'm in a dangerous position. This is how I'm going to get out of it, and then then complete the manoeuvre. Uh, that, that was definitely the uh, sort of the winning factor there for me. Yeah, yeah, big big congratulations to you. Obviously, you've guys got a lot of fans at the MMA UK and right across Scotland and the UK. So um, big shout out to him and big shout out to Emma as well because he's another guy I think has, has got a big future ahead of him. He comes from a great camp, really put a good effort in. What what do you see for both these guys um, coming up still? What, what, what do you think is next for both of them? Um, Aiden, um, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know, exa- I don't exactly know what Aiden's going to do. I know that um, Kevin was saying get him on the show tonight, um, so he could come on and obviously have a talk about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Obviously, uh, we'll see. I mean, obviously, his, his team will have to sit down and kind of look and see what they're going to do next. Um, whatever he does, I mean, I'd say it's everybody in Scotland's a hundred percent behind. Not just him, but obviously, like say uh, your Stevie McIntosh, yeah. Luke Shank, and so on. So uh, we were all excited about having them all on um, and seeing them all. So, um, so yeah, we're looking forward to definitely seeing what he's going to do next. And for Emra, Key, what, what, do you, what do you think Emra does next? Uh, I think it maybe takes a little bit of time out, takes this time uh, between the next, these cage warriors events and the next cage warriors events in March. It takes a little bit of time. Uh, maybe goes to really thinks things, maybe thinks about potentially moving up a weight class or changing division, maybe changing the camp a little bit. Uh, but I think he comes out and then he has a few good fights. I mean, if he puts again a string of wins together at 145, I mean, there's, there's every chance in the world he gets a, a title shot next year or the year after. Yeah. I think he does go up. He is he is quite big for the weight class, isn't he? Yeah, it's it's a big dude. I mean, I was surprised to see that you know he could make one forty five. Um, but yeah, bigger guys like that. We know, obviously, featherweights now gradually getting bigger. I mean, you look at the UFC and look at size of some of the featherweights in there at the minute. Uh, it's, it's quite it's quite a plan to see. But there's all the, you know, as long as his diet and stuff's okay and he's got a good nutritionist around him, I don't think there's any sort of real need to. But if he feels that he's going to get more power and performance out of Train at one fifty-five. Uh, there's, there's every chance he could make that jump. Yeah, I suppose the issue is then you go up to lightweight, and you know the guys at lightweight like Jack Grant, they they you know they're big for lightweight, I suppose, in a lot of yeah. ways. So I mean, it's, it's it, simple it, from one shark tank to the other, really. It really is yeah. uh, in Cage Warriors. Yeah, definitely. So that was the main card of Cage Warriors one one seven. The first night of fights Thursday evening. It's it's actually great for us, you know, hardcore fans to have fights on in the week of that quality and I, I was loving it and to have sort of Thursday going into Friday uh, very excited and obviously we started that we'll start off that that card with uh, an absolute insane middleweight contest um, it was for the middleweight belt and it was between uh, Nathias Frederick and Jamie Richardson um, ended in a knockout Jamie Richardson had a really good first round a, a pretty good second round but Nathias Frederick, obviously the absolute beast that he is, caught him with a, a punch from hell and just you know laid him out cold. And I mean, it was one of those fights. I think as as fans watching, you know, we all kind of felt that's how it could go. It's either going to be Jamie, you know, moving, hitting him with clean boxing, or it could be that you know Nathias does land that big shot. And you know, we all knew what would happen if it did. Uh, Kieran, I'll come to you first on this one, buddy. Yeah, uh, what, what what was your thoughts on the fight overall, and obviously the the way it ended. I mean, it's just a, another f- f- fantastic performance from the size Frederick, but it's just a great fight in general as well. Jamie Richardson really tested him for those first two rounds. He didn't make it, uh, you know, easy for Frederick. Uh, it looks as though in the third round he might have been 
uh, looking to get his bike a bit more, use a bit more movement. We know with Jamie Richardson's obviously got fantastic boxing. Uh, you know, we started started his sort of MMA career, uh, transitioning from boxing into MMA. Uh, just now, in that third round, cornering him off, uh, caught him clean with a left hook that just landed. You know, you couldn't like ask to land a, a more perfect punch. Uh, but yeah, the one thing I had an issue with is it looked to me like both guys looked to be slipping a bit in the cage. I don't know if that was just because it was called in the arena as condensation on the mat, so uh, the spray of disinfectant between uh, fights was you know maybe a little too heavy. But they're slipping a lot. I think that killed some of the action a little bit where both guys tried moving in. Uh, Natias, especially with the way he set his stance, he definitely looked to be slipping a bit more, especially on his on his, uh, on his lead leg. Uh, so whether that could have played a factor, and I don't know. But you know, Natias looked phenomenal. Um, I'm starting to say I don't think he gets caught to the UFC though. Um, we know he's a bit of an older guy, he's 37 years old. The UFC has just caught your Ramirez, who's an older middleweight. Uh, the UFC at the minute is probably going to take on younger guys, guys that are uh, not going to ask for a lot of money, and the guys that can sort of build up to be the next future stars. Uh, unfortunately, Natty doesn't really fit that mold for them, but you know, on a British team, he's, he's absolutely killing it right now. Uh, he's got a good management team around him, heavy duty. Uh, uh, you know, if if he doesn't go to UFC, please, Ian Dean, if you're watching this, Webb versus Frederick three, please. <laughs> Do you think if he doesn't go to the UFC, it might be a, a call up to Bellator Europe or Bellator UK? If I which one do we call it, Bellator Europe, right? Yeah, I think it's Bellator Europe. Uh, yeah, there's definitely. Uh, I know heavy duty management have definitely got contacts on the Bellator, and they've got a few guys on there already. So that's definitely uh, a possible possibility. Uh, but I don't know. It, it it all depends on. Obviously, Bellator only did the one show in Europe this year. That was in Dublin. Apart from the closed door events where fans couldn't go in, and they weren't exactly they weren't exactly fantastic events, really. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just think if we don't get that Web versus Frederick three fry, I think it's a waste of the rivalry. We we know they don't get on. We know there's a rivalry there. We know the first fight was contentious. The second fight, it, it could have been. In, some people say it was a, an early stoppage, and they don't like each other. And it sells it sells tickets. I mean, if you if you could have uh, fans of the arena next year, and you don't have Natalia Frederick versus James Webb on that card, I mean, it it just be a real shame. Yeah, Steve, what's your thoughts? I mean, obviously Natalia, he's won the he's he's drawn he's drawn for the belt. He's won the belt, and now he's defended it. I mean, do you think he hangs around for a, a trilogy match with uh, Webb, or do you think he tries to go one way or another, whether it be UFC or Bellator? Yeah, I think Ian's right. I mean, UFC, I don't see UFC coming in, uh, again, because of the age thing. I mean, as we know, UFC are cutting a lot of people at the moment. Um, I mean, obviously, the big one, Yoel Romero. I think Yoel still had uh, three fights left on his contract um, and obviously mutually agreed to let them go, um, again, because of his age. So, um, Bellator, yeah, I mean, it could be it could be good for him to come into Bellator. Um, obviously, Bellator Europe and do something there. Um, and as you say, the, the, the match there with Webb as well. So, I mean, there's a few options for him. I'd say UFC, I know he was talking about the UFC in a video that he did, uh, the interview he did after it. Uh, he was talking about the UFC. FC, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't see that happening at all. I mean, he's good enough to go in there. He is good enough. I mean, that performance um, on Friday was awesome. Um, I mean, even after it, he showed a bit of class, obviously, through that additional punch in, and, and he came away apologising and things like that. So, um, definitely a classy guy. What, what did you think of this fight? Yes, do you obviously... A huge knockout at the end. You couldn't ask for a better knockout there. What, what did you think of the performance of both guys? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was a good fight. It was a really good fight. Obviously, that knockout at the end was just, yeah. I mean, one punch and that was it. That was it over. As I said, he didn't he didn't need to throw in another punch. But again, as I said, it's it's down to the referee. I mean, it's the referee to to you have to continue as a fighter to keep punching or to keep doing what you're doing until the referee stops you. So, um, but again, as I said, for him, apologising after it. But I mean, the fight itself, I was enjoying the fight up until that happened. Well. I enjoyed it once that happened as well, but it was definitely a good fight. Definitely a good yeah. fight. Yeah, it's a, a great way to end the card. Cage Wars one one eight there. Um, yeah. Just before that, we saw Wales card King of Cardiff Aaron Khalid lose a split decision to Italian Leonardo Damiani. Uh, I was a split decision loss. A lot of people didn't agree with that. A lot of people thought that Damiani had, had taken it clearly. Um, obviously, for me, I was very disappointed to see my my fellow countrymen take a loss there. I know Aaron will be very disappointed as well because he was really on the cusp of a title shot. I think a lot of people thought he would have had this fight for a, a potential vacant welterweight belt. Didn't happen. And obviously then he, he takes a, a late notice fight against this Italian guy and, you know, he, he loses. Uh, Kieran, I'll come to you first on this one. What, what did you make of the fight and the performance of, of both guys? I mean, Damiani, it's coming on nine days notice and then to beat Aaron Kalidu, obviously, he was a guy that's going to be pushing for the title shot. I mean, the title shot was pretty much nailed on for him before the fight. Uh, but yeah, Damiani came on nine days notice. I know he told uh, Leon Anna Lee, you know, they didn't really, he didn't really like people saying that because he'd been training pretty much all year round anyway. He trains every day. Uh, but still, to come in on nine days, prepare for an opponent, do the study on him, do the weight cut, do everything, but like get, get travel and sort of all the COVID stuff as well. I mean, that was impressive in his, his performance as well. I mean, I, I personally had it as a clean decision for him. I thought uh, he did enough to beat Aaron Khalid in all three rounds uh, as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that one seventh division, that, that's going to heat up a little bit. I think Damiani uh, is going to do really well there if he, if he's come back for a second fight. Uh, we know he's training a good, good team out, out there as well, the, uh, the top team in, I think it's, I think it's Rome. Uh, yeah, he's doing fantastically well. I mean, once seventy, that's gonna it's really gonna heat up. And I think Damiani could be the forefront of the Europeans taking on the British fighters in, in that in that uh division. Yeah, definitely. And I think you have to give him credit as well. Like I, I know a lot of people thought that he was gonna kinda of gas out. He won that first round, striking and his boxing particularly looked very good in this one. But every time Khalid kind of pushed got a takedown, he bounced straight back up, ended up landing a couple of takedowns of his own. Um Stu, were you, were you impressed with the way he fought? I was, yeah. I mean, uh, coming in on, as Kieran said, nine days notice, uh, you kind of thought that Khaled was going to come in and just go through him. But yeah, I mean, uh, the Italian boy did brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Came in um, again. I don't know how much of a game plan you can put together in nine days. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, whatever game plan they, they, they put together, I mean, they kind of uh, it seemed to go okay. Um so, yeah, again, another good fight, another very, very close fight. And I, that, that kind of happened. There was a, quite a few fights over the three days that were very, very close, which, again, got us talking on the WhatsApp group. So, again, this was this was one of them that we kind of went back and forward, obviously, ourselves and, and Peter and stuff like that that we kind of spoke about. So, very close yeah. fight. Yeah, and just to kind of touch on that, you know, obviously, we've got, we've got our own little chat group, uh, the, the MMA UK staff. We, we talk, we watch the fights together sometimes, and... One one of the things we did end up arguing quite a lot about on this card was the decisions. You know, a lot of us kind of felt um, a lot of kind of, a lot of well, we'll be honest. A, a lot of the judges' decisions were questioned by us. 
I'll come to you first, Stu. Did you think the judging was good over the course of this weekend, or do you think they were a couple of dodgy ones? <laughs> do you know there was a couple of dodgy ones? There was a I know that we we kind of had a back and forward about a couple of the fights. Uh, so there was a couple for me. The judges were. I mean, you were thinking, well, don't get me wrong, the, the judging, again, some of the fights were that close that it was it was kind of hard. So it was they obviously picked whoever it was was maybe more dominant in the last round or whatever to win the whole thing. But, yeah, I mean, the, the big thing we had the argument about was the 10-10 round or the draw. Um, talking about the draw, I know that that was a heated debate. I mean, that was still going on today, and that yeah. was uh, twenty-four hours later. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there was a few a few decisions, but again, I mean, it's the same me. I mean, Dana White says it: um, never leave it in the hand of the judges because if you don't want if you want a decision to go your way, make sure that you do everything you can to win that fight. Uh, definitely yeah. don't let the judges win it for you. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Kieran, what what do you think's next for both these guys now? Obviously, Khalil, he's he's going to be really disappointed with this loss because he's, you know, he's been right up there for a while. He's beaten a lot of the top guys. Um, but what what do you think he does next now? Uh, I mean, he's he's got to take take a bit of time to think. Uh, think about you know maybe what what has he got to change in his game? Has he got to go to a different camp? Has he got to uh, look at who his coaching staff are? Look at maybe he need to change something in his nutrition, but. Ultimately, he's got to come back and he's got to win his next few fights to, if he wants to get into that welterweight title shot. Um, we know it's going to take a lot to get called to the UFC at welterweight because we know how deep a division it is in the UFC. So he, he's really got to come out and do something now to prove to not only the uh, matchmaker, the caterers, that he's you know he deserves a title shot, but to the guys in the UFC who make the call ups and you know, decide on who's going to come up from caterers to the UFC. Uh, so he, he's going to have to go and re- really think about things, think about his coaching staff, think about his nutritionists, uh, thinking about does he need to change something in his, in his own preparation, does he need to change change strength and conditioning programs, J- just things like that. See if that you know those little tweaks can can make a uh, make a change. But ult- ultimately, he's got to come back and he's got to win his next couple of fights to to do anything. Yeah, definitely. And like I said we wish all these guys all the best. I know I know Aaron is he's a, he's a great guy. I know one thing I did want to mention as well was that he one thing he said in the kind of the the pre-fight build that was that he really wanted to display his striking in this one. Um, obviously, he came in against a, a seasoned boxer. Do, do you think that was kind of a mistake for him? I know it was his nine days notice for him as well, but do you think he kind of would have been better off just, you know, sticking to his, his strength and really pushing the takedowns more in this fight? Or I don't know, what, what's your thoughts on that, Kia? Because I did think he he seemed to be a little bit outboxed by, uh, by Michelle in this one. So I don't know, what, what was your take on that? Uh, I mean, for me, if, if I if I was preparing for a fight and I got told, "Oh yeah, this guy's a pre- predominantly a boxer," and you're taking him on nine days' notice, my, my game yeah. plan is going to be take him to the floor because I know he's not going to be able to prepare anything for my ground game with that that short space of time. That to me just seems a very simple decision to make. I don't know if the decision to for Aaron to showcase his striking was made before that, and if it was been if he'd been working on his striking a lot during his camp, if he if he'd been working on striking a lot during camp. And then when the, the, the opponent change came quite late in the day, then maybe it was the right decision to try and stick with the striking. But for me, if I'd have been told, oh, yeah, the guy taking on is predominantly a boxer, then my my option would have been, my, my personal choice would have been, right, I'm going to work on a ground game, that, or I work on a game plan that's predominantly ground game based. Yeah, no, that's, that's one thing I was wondering, because it was, it was mentioned quite a few times in the build-up to that. So just, just a thought, really, with, with that one. But... Oh, so that takes us to the, the next fight then, which was 
the return of Matt Inman, a, a Cage Warriors legend, and he he lost a split decision. No, sorry, he lost a unanimous decision to uh, Matthew Bonner. Uh, a really good fight, an absolute war. Matt Inman, obviously, he lost the first two rounds, but he really tried to pull it back at the end. Uh, Stu, what what do you make of this one? What do you think of of Inman's return and obviously Bonner taking the win there? Yeah, I mean, uh, and that was a, an absolute brawl from start to finish. I mean, that was absolutely brilliant to watch. Um, obviously, Inman, um, jiu-jitsu guy, um, as I said, I was, I was sitting there the whole fight expecting it to go to the ground. Um, and, uh, yeah, it didn't at all. I mean, you, you mentioned that just there about um, maybe fighters not sticking to... Uh, know what they're good at or what they're more stronger at and then trying to do something else. So as I was just expecting Inman to take it down at some point and then maybe watch some jujitsu. But I mean it was a, an absolute brilliant fight from start to finish. It was it was a great watch for obviously everybody watching at home. Yeah. And and Key, what's your thoughts on that? Obviously a, a big win for Bonner there and, and a good return for Matt after a, a, a good bit of time away to come back in and, and really end the stronger. What what did you take think of it? I'll come out and first say that I don't agree with the decision on the judges' scorecards. I thought Inman won the fight. I was watching, I sat down upstairs with my dad to watch the fight. And uh, to me, Inman looked really in the, uh, landed the clean strikes. Uh, it looked like Bonner was sort of winging the strikes a bit. And he was sometimes winning our aggression. So there was one portion, I think it was like 20 seconds in the last like, the last 20 seconds of round two. And Bonner was like just throwing haymakers. And I think he maybe landed two or three. But Inman threw like maybe four or five shots and landed clean with each. One, but because they didn't want to be more damaging shots, the judges probably scored it on aggression and damage to to Bonner. Uh, that to me is just something that needs changing in the in the, in the sort of judging rule set. But yeah, I thought I, I saw with Steenboy on this. I thought he was going to take it down. Uh, I trained under one of Matt's Matt's former coaches, uh, Matt's former pupil, sorry, uh, Kev Taylor, Parade in Chesterfield. And he was saying that he expected Matt actually to come out and strike with Bonner. Uh, they'd obviously seen Bonner in his last fight. Gone, gone on the mat with George Smith, who's a you know a, a very talented grappler in judo. Got a win on the ground, um, but yeah, I was I was really surprised by that. But Matt, Matt uh, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. I think Matthew Bonner as well now that he's put two wins against uh, SBG Manchester guys. I mean, let's see what Cage Warriors do with him. Do they want to try and build a narrative around him being like a guy that just dominates guys from the north do they want to try and push him towards a title shot or something like that but yeah uh, i'm really excited to see where both these guys go uh, matt Inman, he did look pretty look, to me look pretty good uh to say that three out occasion i think both guys have you know they're gonna do you know 2021 is gonna be a big year for both guys yeah brilliant. It, was a, it was a great it was a great fight i was sitting there and watching these two guys go out it was obviously a basically all took part on the feet and it, it really was a war like stone by say we we all enjoyed this fight and um yeah, really look forward to see both guys back in there after that one. So yeah, that that was that one. The next fight then we had was um Madars Flemenas and he defeated Mick Stanton by unanimous decision. Um Stoom, we'll come to you first on this one. What, what was your, your take on this matchup, buddy? Okay, and this was the same as the the the, the Inman and Bonner fight. I mean, this was just absolute brawl. Um, I mean, the guys were going at it. I mean, especially that last round. Um, they, they, they just kind of seem to think, well, do you know what? It's the last five minutes. Let's just go for it. And they they they, they just absolutely went for it. So um, great to see. I know that there was a there was a, a bit of scrambling going on. 
Um, I think it was in the second round, um, I'm sure. So uh, a little bit of scramble going on there. So, But yeah, again, another great fight. Another great fight for uh, anybody watching at home to be watching. Yeah. Key, what 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 do you make of this one? It was a another good it like you said earlier, every fight was a good fight, wasn't it? It wasn't a, a boring fight on any of these three cards, which is kind of crazy. Like even you've got you get UFC cards sometimes and you have a bit of a stinker sometimes, but with these cage wise ones, every everyone seems to just be just just great matchups, isn't they? Yeah, I mean, th- this fight again, uh, the matchmaker was fantastic. You know, both guys came off a two uh, two loss two loss streak. So both guys were just hungry for that win, and you could it it, it told in that fight. Both guys came out and threw everything they had into that. Uh, it's just you know, Medard's just a little better fight over the three rounds. I thought, uh, but you know, Nick shouldn't be disappointed with that result. He came out, he he, he did it performed pretty well for me. Uh, but yeah, Medard just did that a little bit more to edge the judges' decisions. But it, it, it is what it is. Uh, I'm not sure where. Nick really goes now. Uh, he's now saying his record six or six, six or five, somewhere around that sort of margin. Yeah. So I don't know where they'll, what cage was really want to do with him now. Uh, Medaz, if we can put another win, uh, another couple of wins together, then we'll see what it, we see what's going for him. But he's he's definitely a guy that tests. Uh, I think we've lost you there, set Key, have you uh, you need to put a pound in the meat there? I think, buddy, for the Wi-Fi there. Or you're just you're just really good at holding that pose. I hope I hope no one screenshot in these poses of Kieran being frozen there. Kieran, you back with us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm back with you, man. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Just saying, both guys gave it everything in that fight. Uh, no guy should be disappointed. Neither guy should be disappointed with how it went. Um, but yeah, Flaminus, if he gets a few wins, he could really test the guys at, at welterweight, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, and that lets us to the first fight of the card then. Uh, the main card, which was Derek McAleenan, and he defeated Adam Ventra via a rear naked choke in round two. Um, big win for him, another guy with a lot of support. Stoneboy, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, this was, a, again, a grappling. Uh, there was a lot of grappling in this one, so I definitely enjoyed this one. I mean, obviously, Ventry came out straight away, man, ready to go for it. Um, and uh, it was it was interesting, because obviously we know that, that, that Ventry had missed the weight. Um, so it was, was kind of hard. When you look at you know, maybe somebody that's kind of missed weight, how is their approach to the actual fight? Because the weight cuts, I mean, I've, I've seen some scary weight cuts um, over over the time, obviously, UFC fighters and stuff like that, where they, they, they've tried to cut a certain amount of weight and it never happened. So um, I don't know how Ventry, but he did well. I mean, he, he came out and did exactly what he wanted to do. And then, uh, obviously, the Mikalinen, um, <laughs> obviously, um, just obviously managed to get that rear naked choke at the end. Um, and uh, I think it was round two, was it round two? Um, so, but yeah, yeah, yeah great fight, you. great great grappling fight. As I said, I really, really enjoyed that one. Yeah, what, what was your thoughts, Key? I mean, uh, first off, let's just talk about Ventura missing that weight by considerable, that's such a considerable amount. I mean, was it six and a half something pounds from somewhere in that sort of margin? Uh, they missed weight by, yeah, uh, which to me shocked me because we obviously knew that last year Paddy had had. Uh, an issue with his opponent missing weight by seven pounds and the fight not going ahead. So I thought Ventry coming out of a gym where they had issues with opponents before, you know, missing weight. I thought he'd have been the guy you bet your house on to to make weight, and that you know, guys in the next generation take that really seriously. Uh, he did put in a statement out on social media after saying that basically he just stopped sweating. 
so I don't know what really what happened there. Uh, maybe that's something that him and his coach need to address, and uh, whether that's you know means having to move up in weight or not, I don't know. Uh, Bedecki, yeah, he, uh, that second round came out, got a choke win. Uh, does great things for him at 155. Uh, again, that, that 155 division, I mean, where do you go? With that? I mean, first, I quite like to see Decky Millini, uh, uh, Macalina versus uh, yeah. uh, Van Lakdar. I think that would be a great fight to have next. Yeah, I mean, good, good guys on wins. I mean, that, that's that's matchmaking one one for me. You put the guys who are winning against each other to see who's the better fight and the, when it gets closer to a title shot. But that, that to me is where you go with that. Um, but yeah, great, great performance from McAleenan. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, that was the last on the main card there at Cage Wars one one eight. Did want to speak about a couple of the preliminary card this one because there was a few good fights. The first one I've got to mention was uh, the, the top of the preliminary card, which was Liam Gittins, who got. A triangle choke against Josh Reed. Um, obviously, Josh, he won his last two fights. He's looking really good, and I know training really hard as well. So, obviously, he would be disappointed with our loss. He had a, it was a, it was quite a close, close uh, first two rounds as far as it got. And he, he kind of just sort of seemed to f- fall into that triangle choke. Um, Stoneway, I don't know what you thought about that. Obviously, I, I know Josh works really, really hard on his submissions and submission defense. And, you know, I, I didn't really see, I didn't expect, Liam to be able to come out and submit him like that. What what do you think of that one? Do you know that the, the this was the one prelims I didn't get to see um, oh. due to work. So by the time I come home from work, um, that I got to, I think it was just uh, about ten minutes before the main event started, uh, the main card started. So yeah, unfortunately I didn't get to see that. Obviously I'm looking at the results. Uh, obviously triangle choke um, after about a minute in round two. So again, it would have been a nice, uh, uh, definitely a nice fight for me to watch. As I definitely love yeah. grappling and submissions and things like that. Yeah. So, what was your thoughts, Key? Did you did you see these ones? Yeah, I got to see this. I got. I was looking enough to be able to watch the majority of the fights. I think it was only one or two where I had sort of work while watching them. So uh, yeah. that that was a bit that was a bit difficult. But yeah, was able looking enough to catch this one. Uh, Josh obviously won that first round for me. Um, but then the second round, I don't know what happened. He just did look to be uh, scrapping on the floor and getting just managed to wrap in a triangle out of sort of nowhere. Like, I don't yeah. know what just what happened. I, I couldn't see the build to itself, so I didn't see any setup in it. Um, so, uh, you know, for, for Josh, where he came in, it, it came into this fight on the back of two wins as well. I mean, this has got to be disappointing. I know we put something out on mm-hmm. social media after, uh, sort of talking about his performance. And I think that from... From my perspective, Josh has got a lot there to build off. I mean, it wasn't the result he wanted, but that first round, there's definitely things you can build off there. And then it's just a matter of maybe just working a bit more on some submission defense and just, you know, looking at more how opponents are setting up against Link, how yeah. opponents are setting up uh, to take him on on the map. Yeah, and a big win for Liam as well. There, you know, Josh Reed is a, he's a big name in that division. He's he's beaten a lot of the top guys and, and, and lost to a lot of the top guys as well. He fought for a title previously. So, definitely a, a big, big prospect in that division. But for Liam to get a win there, it's a, it's a big deal, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, 135, we know that division has got a, uh, a, storied, a storied history of fighters going up to the UFC as well. So Jack Shaw and uh, Nathaniel. Nathaniel Wood have both gone up, gone up from being 135 champions. Uh, so, so you definitely want to get, get towards that belt. And by beating guys like Josh Reed, you, you get closer to it. Um, especially Josh being a former title contender, being at the cage where he's unplugged tournament last year. But yeah, Liam looked fantastic. Manchester came from it back from a, a week round one to, to win. Always looks good. Everyone likes a comeback win. So definitely good, uh, good good things for him. And hopefully we'll get to see a bit more of him next year. 
definitely. I just lost two, and I just got to give a quick mention to um, Steve Amiable, uh, Steve Amiable, who defeated Tom Moons. Um, obviously, Steve had a you know a couple of losses in a row. He was really, really looking for a win there, and he got it, a lovely knockout over Tom Moons, a, a, another veteran who was looking for a win. So, you know, a big shout out to Steve. I know he'll he'll be really happy to get back on track with that one. And got to give a mention to Nathan Fletcher as well, who, who got his. Um, Renegade choke win over Lee Mitchell and another guy who sort of come out of the Cage Warriors Academy um, up in Liverpool, really pressing on in his professional career now and looking great every time. And another guy who's come out of the Academy is Ben Ellis. He defeated Kingsley Crawford. It was um, a unanimous decision, a really, really close fight. It was a, a dominant first round for Ben and then it, it started to get closer as the fights went on against a really game Kingsley Crawford. And I know a lot of people down here in Wales are expecting big things from Ben. So another win for him, 3-0 and now. And um, yeah, some really good young talent there coming out of all the respective regions. So a great way to start that card. And I think, you know, it is something Cage Warriors do really well. They always they always get the younger guys on and, and, and give them that exposure on these big cards. And, you know, these, these are no different. And, you know, the, the young guys shone through. So big congratulations to all those we just mentioned. And that takes us on to the last card, Saturday evening. Cage Warriors 119. And um, this was headlined by uh, another title fight. Um, the, the third title fight, uh, Morgan Charrier versus Perry Goodwin for the Cage Warriors Featherweight World Championship. Obviously, Morgan getting a win there by a KO with an absolutely vicious liver shot or body shot. I, I, don't, I don't know which one it was, but it looked like it hurt. Uh, Stuber, I'll come to you first on this one. What what do you make of that finish, buddy? Man, that was, yeah. I, just, I don't know. I'm with you. I don't know if it was a liver shot, a kidney shot, or whatever shot it was, but it, yeah. it, it certainly did the damage. Um, as I said, it's, he, he was kind of, again, he was quite strong. I mean, see when you seen Morgan coming out, he was very, very strong. He was imposing as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it looked very early on that he was going to get it. Um, as I said, uh, and yeah, I mean that shot. I mean that was that's probably got to be one of the best kind of body shots that you've seen. And it's not very often you'll see a body shot that'll that'll put someone out of the fight. Uh, that'll that'll basically get a TK over someone. So uh, very very impressed with Morgan. I wasn't impressed with his back tattoo. Uh, it was the I don't know if you've seen his back tattoo, but it was the most horrible back tattoo you've ever seen. Um, but yeah, I mean fighting skills. He was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. What do you make of this one, Kieran? Obviously, a big win for Morgan. He's he's been on the rise. He's, a, he's obviously big news in France right now, um, which I guess is great news for Cage Warriors because MMA shows have started taking place over there now. But yeah, he, he looked absolutely savage with the, with the shots he was throwing. And obviously, as we know, Perry Goodwin is no joke. So to to finish him like that with with such a sort of clinical highlight reel knockout, it's it's not a bad way to to end the night, is it? Yeah, I mean, he put pressure on Perry from from the get go. Really, I mean, all three. Well, the first two rounds, he just kept, kept Perry up against that fence, didn't really let Perry get anything in. Uh, kept just chopping up that, I mean, Perry's leg. I don't know how he's managed to go to work today. I think he went to work, back, work, back to work today as well. How he was working <laughs> on that leg after he got chopped up so badly in that fight, I don't know. Uh, but for Morgan as well, to deal with sort of Perry's trash talk as well, I don't know if anyone's seen the yeah. uh, Kedra's uh, sort of vlogs and stuff from that series, but Perry just calling him superstar and then just shouting red car in his face while they while they waited was was incredible. And Morgan just sort of dealt with it and just sort of kept, kept a straight face, dealt with it, came out, showed he is a bit of a superstar. Uh that that body shot, I mean, I, I've got a bit of fat on me, but I'm pretty sure if Morgan hit me with that, I'd still go down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, 
I think Morgan now is uh, probably UFC bound, unfortunately, for Cage Warriors. I mean, Cage Warriors, we know they want to hold the show in France. It's, it's you know, pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory why they want to do it when they've got a guy like Morgan uh, atop their bill. But we also know the UFC want to do a show in France. And if they've got Morgan Charrier, who's got a huge following, and Francis Ngannou on a card, I mean, the, uh, is it the, I, I don't know, there's an, a couple of arenas in Paris that I'm sure they could sell out and do really good numbers at, uh, when fans can go, come back into arenas. But yeah, Morgan looked like a superstar. Uh, you know, de- definitely uh, destined for the UFC for me. Yeah, I, to be honest, like for me, I, I think it is destined for the UFC. It's whether or not you know the timeline comes in time frame, and you know, like it. I suppose it, it really all depends on COVID at the moment, doesn't it? If UFC yeah will announce early next year that they'll be doing shows with with a crowd. I mean, obviously we have Bellator out in Paris with with a small crowd, so. I mean, if UFC were to announce something like that, then I I definitely see him going. Um, in between, I think I think you might get another fight in. You know, I I really do think you might get another fight in for Cage Warriors. Either way, um, like you said, the UFC they don't seem to be signing as many people at the moment either. I know he is he is a bit of a superstar. There's there's no doubt. Like we we've seen every fight he's had, so much support on Twitter. It's, it really is unprecedented for a guy, you know, at, at that level. So. I, I'd love to see him stick around for another Cage Warriors fight personally, just to kind of soak up a little bit more of that, of you know, of that level of fight there before he goes and and, and experience that on the the social the the regional level, I should say. So, yeah. hope he's it's, it's definitely game enough fire as well to take a fight. And if I mean, if Cage, yeah. if Indy came to and said to want to fight, he's definitely the kind of guy's go, yeah, go on, why not? Uh, yeah, it's, it's UFC bound, but you know, there's every possibility there that he takes on another fight in Cage Warriors first. Yeah, definitely. That was the main. That was the main fight of uh, Cage Warriors One One Nine. Another big card there. That was now that we've come to the the second title fight year, which was Agi Sadari, and he defeated Jack Grant for the Cage Warriors Lightweight World Championship. Um, split decision. Obviously, the lightweight belt has been won by some absolute animals over the last the last couple of years. You know, we've obviously had Mason who's won it, and he's gone to the UFC. Um, before that, we had um, Jai Herbert who'd won it and gone to the UFC. So there's some huge, huge fights from there, you know, big, big names. And, you know, we, we had another big card with these two guys. So Jack Grant fought for a title before and lost, lost his second time now. Kieran, what, what do you think? Uh, first of all, what do you think of the fight overall? And what do you think of the decision, Kieran? It was a split, you know, one of many split decisions over these cards. What, what do you think? I mean, yeah, you could have scored this fight either, either way, and I don't think anyone was going to sort of argue against you, really. I mean, I, for me, I thought I had Jack winning the first three rounds, uh, just tend to be putting a bit more pressure on, uh, doing a bit more damage. But Sadari definitely took on the, the, took the last two, but I think there's, I think it's probably round three, depending on how you scored that round for me. If you, if you had Sadari winning, or if you had Jack Grant winning, uh, but yeah, he, he came, he came out and gave a good account of himself. Uh, unfortunately, just just wasn't enough this time. Definitely a better performance in his last title fight because he managed to go to all five rounds, didn't get caught and knocked out. Um, I know we spoke in the VT before the fight that he, you know, he didn't really, he wasn't in the moment, he wasn't quite ready. Something just wasn't clicking for him. Uh, it definitely like it was clicking for him last night. But Sadari, man, I mean, his defensive wrestling—I think that was the story of the fight. The fact he managed yeah. to keep on the fight feet, didn't let Jack get the fight to the ground. We know Jack's a, a, an incredible grappler. Uh, he also made sure to t- tie Jack's arms up. I mean, I've seen Jack, I think it was a, a cage show in Liverpool uh, one or two years ago, where as soon as he gets an arm free in the, in the clinch, he starts elbowing you in your head. I think, I can't remember, the guy he took on 
that his elbows were just that vicious. They knocked, they knocked the guy out and he didn't really give him any any sort of chance uh, to, to get back up because he jumped on him with Grand Pound after. Uh, so Sadari there, just, just his technical defensive ability, that, I think that was a sort of deciding factor in this fight and the fact he was able to stop Jack getting the takedowns and was able to, when they did hit the mat, he was able to do enough to get back up. That, that to me is where the fight was won for him. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a very close cool fight there. New, new champion there, Steve, in the lightweight division. What was your thoughts on the new champion performance? Yeah, I mean, again, good performance. Uh, exactly the same as what Kieran said. I mean, Grant, uh, for me, definitely had the first two rounds. Uh, obviously, I believe he dropped him. He dropped him in the second round as well. So uh, it was definitely Grant's first two rounds. Third round, obviously, he came out. It was a little bit more even. And then, obviously, Sedari kind of picked up the last two rounds. So, um, again, it's it was one of these fights where, uh, and again, we spoke a lot about, about it last night, where... Um, it was, do you know I mean, one, some of us had Grant winning it, some of us had Sidari winning it. So, um, and again, it just shows you, I mean, the fact that we're all talking about how close the fights were and how bad the decisions were, um, it just shows you how close the actual fights were um, when they were on. Um, so definitely another another great fight for, for the people that were watching to be seen. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Jack, Grant fights next? He's obviously... He's been through our division quite a lot now, and you know he's still he's still at the top with that with that performance. Isn't he? I know he lost, but he's still. I don't think it's a case where he just you know chucked to the bottom of the pile. You like he's, no, he's, no, he's a, only one shot away, only one win away from another shot for me. But who is that? Who is that other fight going to be? Uh, I personally think a fight against Joe McColgan. I think that'd be quite a, quite a good fight to watch. Uh, I don't know who else is really chucking in there at the minute for one for him. Uh, it's a bit. It's a bit difficult because we obviously know he's a top contender uh, and Starry there's a good chance he might be called up. It depends on the cage. I think 155 and getting called up from cage race all depends on the UFC and how things have been handled with Khabib and that all sort of floats down and then the COVID situation as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think Joe McCorgan's the one probably stands out from there. Both on the same night. Joe, Joe put on a dominant performance. He won by KO. Uh, so that for me is probably where I'd go with that one. I think again it'd be an exciting fight. And if we're going to do a, a show, Cage Show in Ireland next year, I mean th this card we're going to talk about now is definitely there's with several guys on here and several fights probably on here that we're going to reference and say that you know take your fight, to, take the show to Ireland, put these guys on. I think Joe McCorgan versus Jack Grant in Ireland would be a hell of a fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to throw a in the works now for you with that because you know obviously Joe McCorgan is is kind of in a similar position to. Jack Grant, he fought for a title last time against Mason Jones, a real dominant, a real dominant lightweight, undefeated 10-0. Took a loss, but you know, he came back and got a knockout of his own now. We'll, we'll come straight to that fight in a second and then we'll we'll come back to the others. But you know, Joe McCogan, he he took on Kieran Lister, uh, uh, an undefeated guy, 7-0. And he he looked amazing. He got a knockout. He said he didn't think that he, his opponent had been tested, and he, he proved it with a with a really lovely finish. My question now, with with that in mind, is does Joe McColgan call out Sadari, and does he get the next title shot, and you know, kind of kind of skip Jack Grant? I don't know if it, if that's a possibility, and what what could be the move. Uh, see, what what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think Sadari uh, and Grant should go at it again. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's because it was been a um, a split decision. Uh, as I said, a split decision. You know yourself. I mean, if it was a, if it was, if it was a full decision, um, no, at fifty forty five, then you'd be like, Do you know what, I won it, no problem. Um, but 
for it to be a split decision, I reckon they two can run it again um, and then see what happens. And then obviously the, the, the winner, then obviously McColgan can look at taking on the winner. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, see what happens with that. Yeah. Kieran, do you think there's any chance we see McColgan straight back in for the title? Like, I Because the thing is as well with McColgan, he's 34 years old. I think, you know, I, I think maybe he does get pushed a little bit more because of that age. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him get the next title shot. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Um, I mean, there's definitely an argument there to put him in there if he's you know, 34 years old. He came, he's coming off a KO win. There's definitely every argument to put him in there. But I think, like Steamboy said, maybe the the way around is you, you do Sadari versus Jack Grant, uh, a rematch for it being a split decision. And then he gets the win. I think, to me, that seems like the most logical decision that I've heard. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they did book Sadari versus McCorgan, uh just to get, the, get get that fight there. And maybe while that's going on, Jack Grant takes on... Uh, another 155 that brings one in for him or he maybe just takes time off to heal up and then maybe takes the winner of that fight so yeah. who knows yeah. a lot of options in that lightweight division as always I suppose it's, it's such a stacked division as you said right the way down um, it, it always is there's so many good fighters there but you know I, I, another guy we'll talk about now the, the fight that happened uh, one, one before that which was for me my favourite fight of the whole trilogy Um one of the most controversial as well in, in our chat group, uh, Jordan Vucenic, and he fought Paul Hughes, an undefeated Paul Hughes. Uh, he was 6-0, and uh, chance was 6-1. and one. A, a really like great matchup of two guys who have mirrored each other right the way through their careers, coming at it and, and fighting for what, what they believe is the, the number one contender's spot. Obviously, Jordan Vucenic took a split decision. It was a back and forth all the way through. Um, Kieran, I'll come to you first on this one. It First of all, war a fight. You know, it, it really was such a technical battle between these two guys. What? How did you score it, first of all, and what did you think of the fight? Uh, me, personally, I had it 48-47, uh, 49-28, uh, sorry, uh, for for Paul Hughes. I thought that the fight, for me, he won the first, I think he won the first round. I think the second round probably won, uh, probably lost, sorry. And then the third round was a, a really toss-up with the, the grappling exchange we saw in that third round. Yeah. Uh, for me, he looked the more, more aggressive fight. But like you said, like yourself, I think this is the best fight of the trilogy. I think it's, there's an argument to me that this was the fight of fight of the year for Cage Warriors. Uh, yeah. We'll see. I think when they do their sort of awards at the end of the year, we'll sort of see this this right up there. Uh, a lot of comments online saying that you know we run this over over five rounds and see how it goes. And I think if Sharia gets called up to the UFC, then make this fight for for the title. Do it in do it in Ireland. Put it, put it in a crowd. Uh, put it in where we can have a crowd. Uh, once we can have them back, hopefully we can get them back next year. Put it in a crowd in an uh, in, a, in an auditorium in Ireland and just let the fans make some absolute noise. Because if you don't, if you didn't love that fight, you're not a fight fan. I'm sorry. It's as simple as that. That fight was everything we love about MMA and more. Uh, I know Ian, Gary, and Paul were having a, a bit of banter on one of the Cage Warriors episodes uh, in the build-up, saying that oh, Ian, Ian was giving uh, Paul a bit of stick, saying, "Oh, you'll be on my undercard." Sorry to say, and I think if Paul, uh, if that fight gets run back, you're on uh, Paul's undercard. Yeah, both these guys are so good, so talented, and they're so young as well. And honestly, like I think these are like these are the reason now, you know, we're going to start to see these guys coming through. who are just super talented from the UK because. I think there's definitely this stigma, and you might be able to speak a bit about this too, but in his in history of the UFC, the British fighters have always struggled with the wrestling and grappling side of things. It's, it's got a lot better over the last couple of years, definitely, but now when you see a guy like Paul Hughes, the way he, the way he scrambled out of some of those takedowns and got his own takedowns, I mean, it's, 
it's high level stuff, isn't it? What what was your take on these guys' abilities in in the grappling and wrestling exchanges? Yeah, I mean it was absolutely brilliant. I mean, as I said, uh, uh, Jordan um, was was taking them down, attempted submissions and things like that. Um, and Paul Hughes, yeah, I mean wrestling defense and stuff like that was was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, right. I mean back in the day, British fighters wrestling wasn't wasn't the best. Um, but certainly over the last maybe I don't know ten years, um, it's gotten a lot better. And you're going to have guys coming through like. People like Mohammed Mokayev and, and other guys that are coming through whose wrestling is kind of off the scale. Um, so yeah, it, it was a great fight. I mean, this was the one. This is the one. I mean, this is the one we've been talking about in that group chat for twenty four hours. Um, <laughs> and that How'd just shows you. I had it Paul Hughes. I definitely had it Paul Hughes. I'd say the uh, same as Kieran had it twenty nine twenty eight um, and. It was, I mean, even Paul Hughes, I mean, after it, he, he got on top of the cage and celebrating and stuff like that. And it, it looked like a foregone conclusion for me, in my eyes. I'd say it was very, very close. But then, obviously, the referee gave it to Jordan. I'd kind of went away at that point because I thought, right, Paul Hughes has won it. So I'd went away, um, went away, made a cup of tea, come back. And obviously, Jordan's walking around and he's getting all the pictures taken. And I was thinking, well, what happened? And I had to go online to see what had happened. But then that was when, obviously, the WhatsApp group kind of blew up. Because uh, yeah. obviously, me and Peter had it for Paul Hughes. Um, I think you and uh, the other guy, Chris, um, had it for Jordan. Um, yeah. So, but it, I mean that—that's the—that's the great thing about MMA. I mean, you can you can have a fight like that. Obviously, we don't know who's going to win it, um, and then there's controversy. Everybody's talking about it and stuff like that, which then sets up a second fight. Um, yeah. So yeah, the fact everybody's talking about it, as Kieran said, do you know I mean set it up for if uh, Morgan does leave, set it up for a title fight. Um, and then go from there. Um, it's definitely well deserved. I mean, both these guys did absolutely brilliant last night. Yeah, they're so good. And for me, like I, I thought Paul Hughes took the first round quite clearly, but it was the second and the third round, which I I know a lot of people kind of give me hate for this, but I, I kind of felt like it could have gone either way. I did yeah. I did think Vucenic just outworked Paul a little bit. I don't know. I, I felt like he was the one pressing for the takedowns, landing a little bit slightly nicer shots, I felt, as well. If it if um if Hughes had won that decision though, I wouldn't have complained because it was such a close fight. But me yeah. watching it live, I, I did feel Vucenic had just edged it. And, you know, honestly, the feeling I get with this kid watching him is, like, whatever level you put him at, he's going to sit, he's going to swim. Like, he's he's that guy where he'll, he'll fight at the level you put him in at. And, you know, he, he obviously he beat Steve Amable last time, a, a really seasoned veteran. He was a, a big underdog in that. He was an underdog again last night. Uh, sorry, yeah, last night. Yeah, my days mixed up here with all these fights going on. But... Yeah, he always seems to come through, and um, you know, I I can't really predict what would happen in another fight because they're so closely matched. But I definitely want to see that. I mean, like you know, his like, character as well. I mean, he did the he did the interview with Katie, um, and I mean, he's just his character and his personality. Uh, Jordan's unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've watched this and I was in hysterics from start to finish. Katie yeah. was obviously kind of laughing her head off as well because he was just a funny guy. He's, he's one of these guys. Um, he's definitely one of these guys that you could market, not a problem at all. Um, yeah. So, I mean, 
yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, de definitely. I mean, Joe, as I say, that it's something I'd need to watch back and then see. But definitely, first look for me, I'd say, it was definitely Paul Hughes. But yeah, listen, definitely too close to call for me. Yeah. What what do we know about judging? Eh? And I, I, <laughs> I gotta say as well for Paul Hughes, like this guy is just going all the way for me. I I really see him the next couple of years, like getting to the UFC and beyond. You know, I I just think the sky's the limit. He's so talented, and um, I mean, what's your thoughts on 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 Paul here? And we've been speaking about him a lot ever since. I think you and I saw him back last year in London at the um, the, yeah, the back at the unplugged. Uh, yeah, we've been yeah, I mean, even about him since then, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, I've been raving to people, you know, I mean, you need to go and check out this kid. Uh, him and him and Gary, the guys are like, when I get asked, most two most promising fighters in, in case. Uh, for me, Paul, Paul's an elite level striker. Um, we've seen him pulled off that head kick knockout in Manchester this year. Uh, again, just, just wasn't his night, unfortunately, but he's definitely... He's definitely one for the future. The, the way he handled that defeat was such class as well. Uh, he came out and said anyone that was sending his opponent hate messages, he'd got no respect for. He got the ultimate respect for Jordan. Uh, the fact that they'd had a bit of bad blood in the in the build to it, they sort of had a bit of tense stare down. And then after the fight, they were you know show that warrior spirit, having a hug, having a beer after the fight, uh, taking photos together. That just shows the ultimate class. But both guys have got both guys are destined for bigger things. Uh, Paul is has been on been on radar on our radar since last year uh, for very good reason. Yeah, and just just lastly, to, leaving this fight, then do you think, Kieran, that it is a, a title shot for Vucenic next, whether it's against Paul Hughes or whether it's against against the current champ? It, it has to be. There's no there's no other person in the division now uh, that can really say I, I'm the best person in this division. I I should be the next one, apart from Jordan Vucenic, possibly Paul Hughes. Uh, as well after that, you know, after the uh, the decision, uh, but yeah, if you if turn it next, his next fight is definitely for a title. Get better five rounds, Jordan. You're gonna you're gonna need it because you've got a title shot next kid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I deserved as well to be fair, very well deserved. So we will yeah. see where, either way whether it's a rematch for a title shot or whether it's um whether it's him fighting someone else. I definitely think he deserves that and hope he gets it. So all the best for him for that. And that takes to the last fight that I wanted to mention then on this card. Um, Ian Gary, another massive prospect coming out of Ireland, another guy with a huge character. You know, Stoneboy said about Vucenic being marketable. I mean, if, if he's marketable, Ian Gary must just be another level. Obviously, he took a defeat over Lawrence Tracy, ground and pound, completely dominant. Um, here and Ian Gary, another guy we, we 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 both watched him for the first time at that card back in London last summer. Only got better since, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I was looking off to I was his pro debut last year in Liverpool. Uh, I was. I think it was one of the only few few media members there. So I got to have an exclusive interview with him. He was fantastically funny. I got to speak to his coaches. They were just singing his praises. Uh, I, I spoke to Kev Taylor. He had a guy that was fighting an amateur on that card, and he spoke about Ian's character where Ian had taken Kev's kids and said, oh, uh, Darren Till's in our changing room. Do you want to come and get a photo with him? And I like, took them across to get photos with him, introduce them. Uh, his character is so marketable. We saw in the cage for his videos and stuff they were releasing all week. How oh, him and Paul, they just can't... Comedy goal. I mean, if we can get some sort of spin-off series from this with those two, uh, you know, no one's going to be disappointed. Uh, but his performance again just dominated Lawrence Tracy from start to finish. Uh, anything Lawrence Lawrence threw at him, he, he sort of just negated. Uh, finished off in, in style. But uh, 
yeah, Ian, again, fantastic year for him this year as well. And he spoke in the interview, uh, in his interview saying that he didn't expect to fight twice this year with everything that was going on. Uh, the fact that he did was a bonus for him. Uh, and we, we know he, he's definitely a great thing. He's like team, trains at Team KF. He's got a great team around him, like Chris Fields, uh, the Shelley brothers, who are fantastic strikers in Taekwondo. Uh, he, he's got everything he needs to be to be a UFC champion. I firmly believe that. Um, and yeah, he's a great he's a great character inside and outside of the cage too. Uh, very respectable, very nice. Everyone gets on to him. I've, I've not seen anyone say a bad word about him. And he's, for me, he's a UFC champion in the future. I think his next fight actually should be for the cage where he's well with title. Yeah. Do you, do you agree with that, Steve? Do you think he's a game of shot? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, again, Kieran talking about uh, the markability and stuff like that. Again, he had an interview with Katie as well. And again, he was he was one of the other guys. Uh, uh, I was in hysterics watching him because he was just so confident. Um, do you know what I mean? He was saying, oh, I'm going to come in, I'm going to do this. I'm going to absolutely smash this guy. And he, and he went out and he, he did exactly that. Um, title shot. Yeah, I mean, you can throw him in there. Uh, I said, what is he... Um, He's young. Um, yeah. If he get if he gets a title shot, he wins a title shot. Where does he go? Um, does he automatically go into the UFC? Does Dana make the call? Um, Bellator. Um, so yeah, I mean the, the future's definitely bright for Ian Gary. I mean that that obviously his nickname the future. Um, yeah. So, but he's definitely. I mean after that win last night, he's definitely not the future. He's definitely the present. So yeah. uh, great great win for him. Definitely. Yeah, just on that, I think if if he does get the title shot next, I think if he doesn't get a, a, a straight UFC Corp, I mean, showing that he could defend a 170, uh, the title at 170, it's definitely going to do good things for him. And at the very least, he'll probably get a call to the, the Contender Series as well, um, at the very least. So I don't think doing putting him in a 170 title shot is going to do any harm to him at all. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think honest, if he went to Bellator, he'd be, he'd be, his title would be wasted. Yeah. And he, he called his shot as well, didn't he? He said, I want to come out and work on my ground and pound and then came up and did exactly that. So when you're in that much of control of your your abilities, that you're, you're, you're calling your shot like McGregor. I know it's a, a cliche at this point, but McGregor-esque, like calling your shot, I'm going to knock him out in the first round and, and doing it. It's, it. It really is promising. And as soon as said, he's not, not the future anymore. He is, is the present in Cage Warriors. And you yeah. know, I think I think very exciting. So yeah, that's the, that's the last card, gentlemen. The last fight on the last card. Uh, Obviously, we had three cards over three nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, coming from York Hall in London. Absolutely brilliant lot of events, i got to be honest. And, you know, it really it really did sort of give us a, a, a good send-off before Christmas and heading into the new year in terms of Cage Warriors. They did a great job. Um, Kieran, I'll come to you first. What, what was your take on the overall sort of feedback on, on the second trilogy for Cage Warriors? Be- better than the first one? Not as good? I'd definitely say the second one was a lot better. I think the matchmaking uh, it made a lot more sense. We uh, there was no, there wasn't a boring fight on there. Uh, just a few fights as well that I want to mention before we, if we sign off. Uh, Will Curry he made his cage for his debut. Uh, me and Kate have been singing his praises for a long time, and he made he made the catch weight one hundred ninety two pounds instead of the one eighty five. Uh, he looked great against a really tough opponent in Dario Bellandi, I can't pronounce that name, sorry. Uh, but he looked fantastic. I've seen him on the amateur circuit. He's definitely evolved since then. He's, he's trained with Kamzat Chimaev. Uh, he's uh, Jimmy Manuel's sort of top prospect. Uh, and Christi- Christian Duncan, on the who opened up the main, uh, who opened up the prelims uh, last night with that spinning head kick. Yeah, uh, you know I love the spinning shit. So that that was just fantastic to see. And yeah, I mean, just overall fantastic presentation. I just want to say thank you to the guys at Cage for putting putting it on. Uh, I mean, the guys behind the scenes like. Uh, 
Harry and Matt that do a lot of work that goes on scene, uh, stuff they've been doing. It's fantastic. And, you know, hope the next trilogy they've announced today, they're hoping to have fans in the arena who can sign up for the pre-sale tickets. I hope, I really hope that's the case and we can get some fights and we get fans in arenas as well because fights should be happening in front of front, front fans for me. That's, that's, that's the most exciting thing is when you've got fans reacting to what's going on in the cage. And, but yeah, fantastic trilogy of events. Uh, fight of the trilogy has got to be a huge percentage for me. Yeah, definitely. Dumbo, same question. Your, your overall thoughts of the the three cards and yeah, I mean, listen, I thought yeah, I thought all three of them cards were absolutely brilliant. It just shows you that the the fights that we had, the fights that we had were fantastic fights. And as Kian said, could you imagine them same fights in front of an audience? It would just make the fights even better. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, great great three days of martial arts. Uh, MMA from Thursday right through to Saturday. Um, fight the, the out of the three of them again, uh, Jordan and Paul Hughes. That was definitely the fight. That's the one everybody's talking about. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely got to be the best fight out that I've seen all week. So Yeah, brilliant. Well, that, that just about wraps it up, I think, guys. Um, first of all, for everyone who has stuck with us over this hour and 16 minutes, uh, a big thank you. You must be crazy giving up your Sunday evening to listen to us blabber on, but we do appreciate you. And uh, as always, please do drop us a like and a, a follow. So we always appreciate the support. Uh, Kieran, where can people get at you on social media, buddy, if they want to get in touch? Yes, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Colour Report, and that's where I put all my, uh, all my thoughts on MMA. You can also follow my sporting life tips that I do for them, for the UFC. Uh, but yeah, if you, were, if you want to talk fights, at Colour Reporting on Twitter is the best place to catch me. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, Stoneboy, great meeting you for the first time, buddy. I know uh, we, we chat a lot online, but this is obviously our first show together, so always a pleasure. And uh, where can people get at you? A um, couple of different ways. Obviously, my own Facebook. So Stuart Stoneboy Henderson. Stoneboy spelt with a, a H. So S T double M B H O Y. Um, and the MMA UK BJJ show as well. So obviously on Facebook as well. So they're the kind of m most common places you'll find me. Well, why do they call you Stoom Boy, Stu? <laughs> so this is a, Katie asked us, um, this was an old nickname from back in the day. Um, we got in a bit of a trouble um, and I didn't say anything. So he kept Stoom. So Stoom's like a word for <laughs> Keeping quiet, not telling anybody. So, <laughs> Stoomboy, yeah. get a chat with me since I was about 13 year old. So, yeah, that's the most Scottish nickname I've ever heard, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. mate, Arthur, thank you for the time this evening and uh, look forward to the next one, guys. See you all soon, okay? Take it easy. All right, cheers, guys. Take it easy, guys.